praise the Lord. So I'm going to start. Last week we spent some time with the, uh, the uh, armor of God as we see in Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to go back there today. But uh, I'm going to start with verse 18, which is really after we talk about the armor of God. Let me recap just a little bit. When Paul began describing what to us seemed to be um, figurative and, uh, you know, they, we can understand what a breastplate was for. We can understand what a sword was for. We can understand what the helmet was for from a historical perspective. We understand the relevance of those implements that they were using for warfare, the part of that armory. Um, but from our perspective, they are limited and archaic. If someone was running out in a battle today and they were carrying a sword, we're like, Pfft. you know, take this, Pfft. you know. We, we would be looking at it like it's an archaic thing. <laughs> and, uh, um, but really, when Paul was talking about it, what he was talking was cutting-edge technology. He was describing the armament of the most elite fighting forces of the day. He was using as his examples of spiritual preparedness and spiritual armament he was using the highest tech of his day do you get that so paul paul was was describing armor and 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 the the belt of truth and he was talking about the breastplate of righteousness and the feet fitted with the readiness but in 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 military warfare of the day it was the cutting edge technology and he is taking spirit, making spiritual application of the armor of the day, the armor that the elite were equipped with. And we could just as readily, we won't take time to get into that. We, we uh, worked with that just a little bit last week. But we won't take time to go back in and, and try to make application with what our current technology is today. But just understand this, that what Paul was talking about was elite forces and the best equipment of the day. And I just want to make a declaration over us and say this. I want to encourage you in this, that what God has given us in his word, what God has provided to us through the gifts of the Spirit and through the weapons of our warfare are no less elite and effective today. They are cutting-edge elite. We can stand here in Wilson, North Carolina today and pray about something going on in Timbuktu, and there really is a Timbuktu. I don't know if you know that. There really is a place called Timbuktu. We could, we could pray about something going on in Hong Kong and something going on in, in Baghdad or pray about something going on, and you realize it is like a guided missile. That warfare, that implement of warfare is strategically going up into the heavenly realm and activating things in the heavenly realm and sending down a heavenly deposit in that place, activating angels to go to war and things to be put into place in the spirit. We have greater technology today. There doesn't have to be a button pushed and doesn't have to be a satellite engaged or anything like that, but it is effective. The weapons of our warfare, they may not be carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. What has to happen is that we have to activate what God's provided for us. We have to utilize what he's provided for us. We have to put it to work. It doesn't do any good sitting in the armory. It doesn't do any good sitting in the treasure chest. It doesn't do any good sitting in the, in the closet. Are we utilizing what God provided for us? 
And I want to step down to verse 18, and we're going to read, then we're going to come back to it. So we're going to read through verse 20, and then, then we'll, we'll come back to it. As a part of the armor, and sometimes this is left out, but it should not be, as a part of the armor and the equipment that's provided for the believer, he says in verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. I'm reading out of the NIV. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Ralph, I need to do a better job. And then, then Paul, Paul, this one who has been uh, the gold standard for missionary activity, the one who has pressed through so much adversity to continue sharing the gospel and completing the calling that was on his life, Paul says, pray also for me. Pray also for me that... I'm sorry, it's just a little bit personal. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Even Paul, who had served the Lord diligently and seemingly not withheld anything, he still recognized that he needed prayer and he saw that there was more. He saw that there was more. Let's go back to verse 18. And I need to pray. And then we'll... Lord, strengthen me to bring the word that will pierce our hearts today. That will encourage those who feel unworthy or feel ill-equipped. Help me to deliver the word, Lord, that will challenge your people, dear God, to continue carrying the banner of our kingdom, dear God, the banner of the cross, and to do the work that we're called to do in the earth. Lord, we'll give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. See, when we came in this place today, I walked in the back back there and... I got a chill. It was about 50 degrees back there. And I thought, wow, we can't have that. People will be coming in here and they'll be saying, man, it's cold in here. And so I turned the heat on in there and wasn't too long. And Sherry was saying, man, it's hot in here. Because standing right there underneath those two pipes coming out of the ceiling, it was warm right there. And the temperature gauge hadn't really adjusted very much. It only said 60, but it had moved up. It had changed. And then we came in here and... The air conditioner on the stage wasn't really on, but it got hot up there because they're under lights and the heat from the building. It's a little bit higher up, so they're a little bit higher up into the, the temperature of the heat that's settling in from the ceiling. And we turned on the three units in here, and they were pumping the air in here. And before long, it started to get kind of warm. You know what happens sometimes during the week? I will walk into this sanctuary and find that it's warm. 
it's warmer than what it should be. It doesn't really feel like, and I'll start checking around and say, wait a minute, there's a, there's, a, there's a thermostat that hadn't really been cut down in here. It's still running, and that one, that one thermostat is working to, I mean, the one unit is try, working to heat the whole room, and you know that it's jacking the, the electrical bill up, and so we have to check on that, and I, I cut it down and get it where it needs to be, or in the summer to cut it down so that it's not cooling the way when it's supposed to it's having to overwork because the other ones aren't in place and it really shouldn't be working at that time <clears throat> and what what we need to understand is with regards to the atmosphere of the spirit of god and what god can accomplish through us and what god wants to accomplish through us every one of us has a responsibility to create or set in place the atmosphere of the presence of the Lord. If we come together as a body and one person is diligently seeking and one person has been diligently praying and one diligently has been, dilig- has been diligently doing what God called us to do and they are carrying with them the atmosphere of the spirit of the lord and when we come into the the house of the lord together there's some that haven't done anything and they really haven't been working at it and they've just been on the slide all week long it the atmosphere is counteracted do you understand what i'm saying but can you imagine what it would be like if every one of us just turned up the temperature just a little bit if every one of us now i don't know if we got too hot in here would be complaining but just go with me for the sake of it every one of us has got a responsibility and let me just change the terminology an opportunity to do something in such a way to adjust the atmosphere in the spirit realm in this place when we come together in our homes by the way we live and in our community as we go out in the community because individually and corporately as we move through our community do you realize that the presence of the Lord moves with you last week i shared a word that that and and uh i I talked about visitation versus habitation are we looking for a visitation where we just want god to come stop by and meet our needs occasionally and or or are we have we prepared our house for a habitation where he comes to dwell with us and stay with us and and uh, in that post heidi very quickly online, she responded. She said, well, he, he does. He comes and lives with us. It's not just a visitation. It is a habitation. And that's true. God's with us. But do you sometimes sense the weightiness of his presence? Do you sometimes find that there is an intensity to the presence of the Lord around you? Do you ever get that during the day or during the week where... You may be driving down the road. That's where it happens for me. Sometimes there's a stillness that comes, and sometimes I'm completely just caught up in in some kind of activity. All of a sudden, there's just a weightiness of His presence where I recognize He's been with me, but all of a sudden, there's a He catches my attention and makes me mindful of Him, and it causes me to not just to begin talking, but it causes me to want to get still. What I want to challenge you with is this, that that God wants to change the atmosphere 
around us, through us. Because he's come to dwell with you. And everywhere you go, he's with you. There's never a moment of our day that's hidden from him. There's never a place where I I get to do what I want to do right here because I'm not really around the Lord. The Lord sees it all. The Lord sees it all. Do you realize every activity that we're involved in, whether it's a a good activity or whether it's a bad activity, we're taking the Spirit of the Lord with us into that activity? If nothing else, that should challenge us, right? He's present with us. With that in mind, in verse 18, Paul challenges the believers in Ephesus. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Now, let's define just a little bit. When he says pray in the Spirit, what does he mean? What does he mean to say pray in the Spirit? Now, I've heard this interpreted different ways, and I'm not going to say that, any, that they're wrong in this, but I know that some, some people teach that this is talking about praying in tongues. They would say, this means pray in tongues all the time. You know, if that's how the Lord moves on you, then, then do that. I also would say this, because I am someone that I pray in tongues a lot. I pray in tongues a lot. Matter of fact, when I feel the need for prayer, that tends to be a go-to kind of place for me. That, that comes naturally to me. And I, I will tell you this, that recently the Spirit of the Lord has been challenging me to pray with understanding. Because sometimes it's easy to just start praying in the Spirit and, and uh, I don't really understand what I'm praying about. Now the Lord can bring that revelation, but I am seeking to have a deeper understanding of what it is that God's trying to activate through prayer and what I'm participating with Him in. I want to understand so that I can work with Him. So praying in the Spirit, what is it? I will tell you what I believe it is. I believe praying in the Spirit is praying in such a way, whether it's in in tongues or whether it's with understanding, but praying in agreement with the Spirit of the Lord. So we're in fellowship with Him, we're walking with Him, but the Holy Spirit's able to activate through us that we would pray in line with what the Spirit of the Lord wants. It may be that it's revealed, it may be that it's unrevealed, but we are praying, we are becoming conduits for the activity of the kingdom of God. By prayer. Look, don't be legalistic about this. Just breathe. If I were to tell you, God wants you to breathe. God wants everybody to breathe. Carla, God wants you to breathe. And then we start going, I want to be obedient to the Lord. Oh, I want to make sure I don't miss one. Oops, I was a little slow on that one. Let me catch you up. I missed a few. You know, it becomes a legalistic thing when it should just be. I'm about to get lightheaded. It should just be a part of our living that we just enter in. 
I was created for this. It's a normal thing for me. I don't even have to think about it. It's just flowing out of me. Let me tell you, there's breath coming in. There's breath coming out. I don't have to struggle and think about it when I wake up in the morning. It just starts to happen. I don't have to think about it when I'm out on the job site. It just starts to happen. I step into a circumstance, a situation. I see someone that has a need. It starts happening. I am start breathing out the things of the kingdom. I'm breathing out God's purpose and plan. I'm taking a lap. I start breathing out God's purpose and plan over them. Why? Because it's just become like breathing to me. God said, take this breath. So I'm taking it in, but I'm letting it back out because he's going to give me another one. Well, pray like that. Everywhere we go, we see need. Aren't you like that? You go to the grocery store and you see somebody that's weathered and worn, somebody that's had a hard life, and you realize they have a need. You see somebody scooting around in Walmart, and they have a need. You see somebody driving down the road, and their cars are a little bit beat up. They've got ragged parts hanging off. They have a need. Let me just tell you, let me reframe the narrative. You see somebody driving around in some jacked-up fancy truck. They have a need. Okay, you see someone driving the Lamborghini down the road in Wilson. Driving a Lamborghini down the road, they have a need. Everyone you come in contact with has a need. So just breathe. Pray in the Spirit. Let it become so natural to you that that's just what you do. You're releasing blessings over people. You're setting things in order in the spirit realm over them. That You are making spiritual proclamations about their life and their family and their purpose and in God. Just breathe the things of God over them all day long. It's not a labor, it's breathing. It's just the language that we speak. Releasing the Spirit of God, God's purpose and plan over them. Agents of the kingdom. I don't remember if I told you this, but if I did, I'm going to say it again. I think I did because it's ringing in my, in my head. But did I talk to you about the warlock that got saved? Did y'all hear that in here last Sunday or was it on Wednesday night? So I was up over there in Taylorsville, and the pastor from Dawsonville, Georgia, they've been having a revival down there. He came up to Taylorsville and spoke, and uh, he was talking about they had been dealing with some spiritual warfare. They called a rabbi friend to see if he had any understanding about what was going on. He said, yes, there's spiritual warfare going on. That there are witches in your sanctuary. The Lord gave him a vision and pointed out exactly where they'd been sitting in the sanctuary. And they were doing incantations and warfare against what was happening in the revival. So they began taking authority over and praying over that. And a warlock gave his life to the Lord. Everybody thought that was just fairy tales and stuff like that. But this pastor said, look, when you step up in the spirit realm, he said, the enemy wants to fight too. So we may be blind or, or ignorant to those things. Anyhow, backstory, I'll leave it alone. But this warlock came to me. He said, look, what do you guys do when you meet? He said, we worship. He said, we read scriptures, not our scriptures, their scriptures. He said, we have sermons. Someone will speak to us. He said, we, he said, we pray in tongues. He said, it's a counterfeit. It's not the real thing. It's a, it's a you know, the, the devil distorts everything, right? But anyhow, he said, this, this warlock said, we could see things in the spirit realm and we could tell the churches that prayed in the spirit. He said, we could see angelic activity when they were praying. He said, we could see angels being commissioned, 
going to minister to them and angels being sent forth to go do the work of the Lord around the world. So I want to encourage you with that, folks. Do the work of the Lord. Do what God has placed you to do. Do you realize that as human beings living in the earth, fulfilling what the first Adam failed at and the second Adam came to put into place, that we're now in the earth to release God's purposes and plans. Take dominion. Subdue it. Where you see evil and wrong, pray against it. Don't just pray against it. Undo it in the spiritual realm. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. What we've been equipped with is mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. God can undo. Don't give up on the earth. Don't give up on this world. Don't give up on the nations of the world. Don't give up on the neighbors that you have across the street. Release the Spirit of the Lord to get active. Release the angels to go to work and destroy the strongholds that are holding them in bondage. Don't give up on your family members. Don't give up. I know we've got several people here. We've got several families here that have loved ones that are incarcerated because of bad mistakes that were made. Don't give up on them. God knows exactly where they are angelic activity over them in jesus name lord let your spirit be released dear god draw them into relationship with you father those strayed children dear god those strayed husbands or wives lord god lord those family members aunts uncles dear god you name it your lord those that we've got reached your, that we can reach your lord draw them into your kingdom in jesus name hallelujah Pray in the Spirit. Pray in agreement with the Spirit, whether it's in tongues with under, or with, with understanding. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. What's all kinds of prayers and requests? Isn't prayer just a request? God, I need this. I need help. Look, I'm, I'm, that was mockingly, but you can ask God when you need help. You can ask God when you have something that you need. Feel free. He's your heavenly father. He delights in meeting your needs. But step up a little bit higher every once in a while and do warfare. Step beyond your needs and do what the kingdom of God needs. Pray what the kingdom of God needs. Release into the earth what God wants done in the earth. God's given us authority to do so. With all kinds of prayers and requests, and he says, and with this in mind, be alert. Look, life can be dizzyingly busy. There's a lot on our plate just to keep up with the responsibilities of running a business or running a household or, or working for a job or just keeping food on the table or cooking the meals, cleaning the house, mowing the grass. There's more than, more than enough to fill every second of your day. And you can get so tangled up and busy with just meeting the obligations or expectations of yourself or other people. You can get so caught up with that that you can get so emotionally entangled in what's going on that you fail to be alert to the schemes of the enemy and what the enemy may be trying to do to squash you or to blind you for a moment so you miss the opportunity to do something that God needs done. Just busy you enough to keep you from 
engaging that conversation. I don't have the time right now because I've got something else I've got to do. And so instead of taking the time to have the conversation, we press on to do the activity of the day and miss that moment that we were created for in time. Do you know what's, you know what's interesting to me? If you read through the Old Testament, there are books in there that are minuscule. I mean, they're small. There's books in the Bible that are a chapter, a few chapters, some that are really long. But we look at like Amos and, you know, what ought Jonah accomplish? What did he accomplish? Jonah? It was a revival, Nineveh, right? Brought him back to God. What, what did he do the year before that? Or the year after that? Nobody knows. He was, a, he was a prophet, so there was stuff going on. But do you realize that we don't have any record of what happened before or after that? We do know that he rebelled against God. And God had to shake him up by getting him in a whale. And redirect his attention long enough to get him to Nineveh. And God brought revival through him. He was even reluctant at that point. He was upset with God that God brought the revival. But you know what? We have that story. Because at that moment in time, he did what he was supposed to do. We don't understand all the other things that happened with his life. Look, this is my heart. This is, if I have a flaw, this is one of my flaws. And I don't consider it a flaw. I think you're great. You know what? I just like people. I do. I would love, if I had 100 hours to give, and none of those chores do, <laughs> well, come join me. I'd love to just sit down and be able to talk with everybody and just hear your story about what your life's been like. People are fascinating to me. I, I think it's an amazing thing. You know, we've all got things that we wish we hadn't done or wish we had done and we missed the opportunity. But let me just tell you this. God hasn't given up on you when he started with you, he knew when you would stumble, and he still started. He knew when he would give you an opportunity, and you would shy away from it, and yet he still gave you the opportunity because he, even though he knew about that time, he knew that the time that's coming that you will get it right. And it may take the seed of that failure in the past to motivate you to get to where you need to be the next time. So don't miss your moment. I'm not, not going to call you Jonah because I'm not going to let you off with one moment, okay? But don't miss the opportunity. With all the things that gone on in the past that you would rather have done better, don't miss what God has for you today and tomorrow. Step up to the plate, and when the ball comes, swing. You might just knock it out of the park this time. You do your part. And let the Spirit of the Lord add the supernatural to your natural. You may have been practicing that sling and you may have never faced a giant, but you just do what you are equipped to do and let the Holy Spirit take down the rest. Amen? Be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. Be alert. Don't miss the opportunity that God brings to you. Don't miss that moment to pray. Be alert. Be diligent. Pray for all the saints. Look, anybody here 
you got it all together and you don't need prayer? Would you just raise your hand? Because we're going to load you up with some prayer for other people. Look, we all need prayer. I'm just going to confess, I need prayer. thought I was going to get a bigger amen. <laughs> I need prayer. You know what's difficult for me? Staying in my lane. Um, I've always been fascinated with learning the new thing, with trying something I've never done before. I'd never hung those lights when I hung those lights. I didn't know how to wire it. I didn't know how to, I believe Curtis Hare put the electrical boxes up there. But figuring out how to do that, I would change it now because we planned it to light right here, not right here. And we really need to put another row of lights to light this area if we're going to stand down here. And I'd rather be down here closer to you where I can go out and do laps than be up there. So there, there are, are, are different things like that, but, but it, when I look back over my life, I, I wish that, I can't really take away from the learning and the experiences and things like that, but okay, I know some of you are going to say, whippersnapper, you're just barely dry behind the ears, okay? <laughs> but I'm 54 years today into this walk. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. Reinforcement. And can I just say this? I thank the Lord for every year. I thank the Lord for every victory. And I am at a place where I can say thank you, Lord, for the challenges. As long as I grew through them. But I'm also looking at the fact, knowing that it's inevitable, that my, what I am here to accomplish, that clock is continuing to tick. And every moment of every day is precious. I use the term, and it's an eternity-th. It, it may seem like a little thing, but it's the only time that we've got to accomplish what God has us here to accomplish. If we're going to get done what we've been called to do, this is the hour, this is the moment. So how are we using our time? Are we accomplish, accomplishing what God, God has called us to do? And that's why it's emotional for me to read verse 19 and 20. Pray for me also. That whenever I open my mouth, words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador. And Paul says, in chains. Pray that I will declare it fearlessly as I should. Okay, today is my birthday. At some time around 8 o'clock in the morning, 54 years ago, my mom gave birth to a little baby with a deep voice she said in the nursery she could hear me crying and could distinguish my voice compared to all the other babies because my voice was deeper she could tell who who was crying down there she didn't have any idea about my life and how that would turn out but god did because she may have birthed me but god placed me and it's been my habit has been my intention for the last many years that when my birthday was approaching that approaching that day at least a week out that it would become a, a time of thoughtful contemplation and dedication of as I'm approaching that birthday that I am offering myself 
back to the Lord, the one who gave me life, who breathed into me, that I want to give my life back to him and reevaluate where I am in the process with him because I want to be effective for the Lord. So I asked the Lord something this week. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, I want want the opportunity to be able to take someone with me into eternity. I want to lead somebody to the Lord. This week, I I want someone to know you that that hasn't known you before. And I'm standing here today, and I haven't had that experience yet. I, I haven't. I haven't had the conversation. I haven't led someone to the Lord. And I've been, it's been about four days since I made that request to the Lord. And here I am on my birthday. And last night I was a bit disturbed by it. I had some other things going on too, but I had a hard time going to sleep last night. I'm like, Lord, did I miss something? Did I, were my eyes blind or was I distracted for that moment? Did I, did I miss the opportunity to take someone into eternity with me to be in your presence? And I don't, I don't know of any moment where I rebelled against the Lord and, and missed it when he was saying, speak to that person. I'm sure that between going to Walmart or Food Lion or the grocery, I mean, other grocery stores, Dollar General and the different kind of places I went yesterday and the day before, I'm sure that I crossed paths with someone that needed the Lord. Either I was not mindful of them of them or my eyes were blind to them or I just missed it. I'm not content with that. I want to take someone to an, into eternity with me. I, I, want to, I want there to be the population of, of the kingdom of God to be increased by one. And I don't just want to get them saved. I want to, to lead them in the relationship. I want them to learn how to walk with him. And to, This sounds interesting to say it this way, but it's coming to mind, so I will. For those of you that this speaks to, I want, you, I want them to learn how to dance with him. Let him lead and them be able to follow. I want, I want them to learn how to, to make the declarations of his kingdom and learn what it is to know him as Lord and Savior and to be able to live out a a fruitful life with him, and, and to feel the freedom and the joy that comes with that relationship. So what's my birthday wish? I want someone to know him. God grant. I thought, well, maybe I can go online and just say, look, let's, let's do it. You know what's been in my heart? <laughs> let's purpose over the next year. I feel like this is from the Lord, so I'm sharing it with you. We've got this Impact Church name up here. Impact Church. Impact. What are we doing? What are we accomplishing for the Lord? Abraham was named Abraham before he ever had a child. Look, God has done some things through this body of believers 
that we may not be able to recognize, but I'm going to tell you, God has used this Living Faith Fellowship, Living Faith Church, now Impact Church. God has put shockwaves through the kingdom of darkness through this church. There's people whose lives have been radically changed because of an experience that they have or a conversation that you had through the years. There's people who were healed. There's people who were delivered. Some came from other states to receive deliverance. There are people whose lives have been radically changed because they encountered the Spirit of God through this body. So why impact? Why impact? Why the name change? Because I believe... It's changing our focus. God still has more that he wants to do through us. And so this is what's been going through my spirit in the last few days. The Lord has given me this thing, that this means to become thematic for us. It's beyond just salvation, okay? It, it's beyond just salvation for people. But I want you to pray about this phrase, impact That's the theme for the day. Impact one. I want you to take it a mission of your heart that in this next year I'm going to impact one person. May it be more, but at least impact one person for the Lord. And when I'm talking about impacting one, I'm talking about Winning one person to the Lord. I'm talking about let's disciple one person in their faith. Let's help somebody grow up in their... Let's impact one for the kingdom of God. Can you imagine what would happen around the earth if every believer, everyone who knew God, would impact one person, transform the life of one person over a year? If we will take that into our heart and take that as our mission and take that as our purpose, which really is, isn't it? Matthew 28, go ye, make disciples. If we would take that as our, our God-given commission, not just salvation, but the commission as believers, that we impact one person for the kingdom of God, that we bring people to a, a saving knowledge of the Lord. Just think, if every believer did that and we doubled the population of Christianity around the world in one year, there's a quaking in the spirit realm. All of a sudden, the foundations of the enemy just get shaken. We thought we had them. We thought we had them ensnared. We thought we had them for good. But something is shaking. Something is shaking. Lord, would you just shake everything that can be shaken? Lord, would you rend the heavens and, and come down afresh on your church, dear God? Would you empower us once again by your Holy Spirit? Teach us how to utilize the weapons of our warfare and begin to do what we've been placed in the earth to do. Lord, would you save some, dear God? Lord, would you save one through me, dear God? Would you help me walk alongside them and lead them in a relationship with you, dear God? Lord, would you become Lord and Savior of their life, dear God, and free them from the ensnarement of the enemy? Just impact one. He came to set the captives free. Could you imagine Jesus 
after living among, I, I read through, I finished reading the Gospels, all four of them. I was getting four times the story this, these last few weeks because I was reading the parallel Gospels alongside each other. And so I'd read it here, and then I'd read it here, and then I'd read it here, and then I'd read it here. I'd get the four different accounts of it. And hearing about how Jesus tenaciously pressed towards Calvary and how we endure the ridicule and the mocking and the conniving of the leadership, the religious leadership of that day, and how he endured that and he pressed on undaunted. He knew that the, the steps had to come into place, that he had to go through these things to fulfill the Scripture, and that inevitably, no matter, even though emotionally it was difficult, even though the separation of his father was going to be difficult, he had to press through those things in order to get to the cross. And it wasn't Roman soldiers that got in there, and it wasn't nails that held him to the cross. He intended it. He could have called the angels, but he didn't. Can you imagine after all that Christ did in order to fulfill that purpose, to bring the opportunity of salvation to mankind, for us to embrace the salvation that he's provided and yet not provide, embrace the commission that he's given us to win the lost and to set captives free. What a shame that would be. What a shame that would be. <laughs> Look, God can win the masses through us. But let's start with one. Our goal, we're going to win someone to the Lord, and then we're going to help them grow. Help them grow in our faith. So I, I want us to start intentionally looking at what, where do we go for discipleship materials? What, what can we guide a new believer to so that they can grow in their faith? How can we disarm the strongholds that the enemy has placed in their mind. The, there's a lot of questions that non-believers have that we need to be prepared to answer. Not just with some religious icing to cover the cake, which we're so prone to do. It's real easy for us to do that because we're, we're, we're in this thing. I was at a church and, and, you know, I have to be mindful that people could be listening, but I was at a church and they were... I don't mean to this be knocking, but I am going to use an example. I'm not going to hold back. And they were singing a song. It was, it was good, and it was in the right place, but they were singing a song, We Need a Move. We need a move, we need a move, we need a move. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Someone from outside the church coming in hearing, we need a move, we need a move, we need a move. They wouldn't understand what in the world we're talking about, you know. And I'm, only, I'm not doing that to, 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 to mock that. What I am saying is we need to understand when we talk with people in the world, we need to speak a language that they can understand. Speak to them where they can hear you. Okay? Don't just use religious terminology that they don't get. And give them the opportunity to, to ask questions. And don't feel like a question 
is a challenge to you. If you don't understand, you'll say, you know, I don't really know that answer. Can we, let's, let's work together on that. Let's find the answer. You know, I'm going to ask somebody and I'll get back with you on it. Just be in the journey with them. Walk alongside, link arms. I need to, I need to move along here. But, but folks, I just want, I want to ask you would, you, would you with me embrace God? Would you impact one? Impact one through me? Impact one through us, and I'm not talking about just the pastor doing it, I'm talking about all of us, that we all look for an opportunity to be able to share Christ with somebody, that if God puts someone on our heart that we need to build a relationship, they're going through something, they need a cake or they need a meal, or, but that's not it. It's not just putting something in their hand. It's not just dropping money in a, in a, a little container for a fundraiser. That is not getting it done. There's life in the words that you speak. There's life in the love that you share. There's life in the challenge that you give them. Let's bring people to Jesus. Let's get it done. Amen? Amen. Amen. Will you stand with me? I'm going to ask you to do something unusual. And yes, it's going to take a commitment on your part. Would you come stand with me down front and we're going to pray to the Lord and let's Let's give ourselves to the Lord. I know this may be difficult, and, and for some, if it's difficult for you to come, don't, don't feel obligated to have to come down. But if you can, I want to encourage you to come. Thank you, Jesus. If you've got a loved one, take hands of your loved one. If you're around somebody, just feel free to put your hand on their shoulder. Don't be offensive to them, but just love on them in the Lord. Let's commit ourselves to this. Let's not talk too much. Let's commit ourselves to this. If you want to talk to the Lord about something, if it's a challenge for you, then let me tell you, if, it's, if it is difficult for you to do this, if it takes you way beyond your comfort zone, if insecurity or something or you've been through a hurt, and it, it, God will honor that. The Holy Spirit can still equip you. If, it, if it's anxious or nervous for you, then how much greater the victory when you're willing to give that to the Lord. Lord, we're here today as a, a body of believers. God, we can go week after week and have good services, and we can have teaching, dear Lord, that encourages or inspires, and we can do all the, the, the obligations and all the tasks and all the serving that needs to go on to continue the, the weekly life of this church. But God, we're not con content to just Go through uh, church rituals, your God, and just doing it. We're not here just to maintain a church, your God. We're here to grow your kingdom and do the work of your kingdom, your God. Lord, you've invested in us. You've invested knowledge and insight and all the equipping that came along with the gifts of your spirit, your God, and, and all that arsenal of heaven that we've talked about. So, God, we dedicate ourselves. Lord, I am one. I raise my hand to you, Lord. I give myself to you and your purposes, your God. On this day when I stand before you, and I did not win one this week, but I want to, dear Lord, will you use me, dear God, because I make myself available to you. God, will you use us as a congregation, dear Lord. We take it on as our mission to impact one for you, dear God, that we want to give ourselves to you. Even if it costs us, dear Lord, we give ourselves to you that someone will come into relationship with you and we'll be able to share eternity with them, dear God. We're about to look around and see somebody standing over there worshiping the Lord and say, thank you, Lord, for giving me that opportunity. Thank you for what you've done in their life, dear God. 
Lord, I don't know all the people that are standing around them that seem to know them, dear God, but I thank you that I was able to reach them. And Lord, may you be glorified. Lord, change the story of people's lives, dear God, by your grace. God, that what appeared to be the intended outcome, dear Lord, was not their outcome, dear Lord, but they began to walk the path that you created them for. God, for the loved ones who incarcerated your God, whether it be behind cell bars, dear Lord, or whether it be behind addictions, dear God, or ensnarement of the enemy, dear Lord, or lies, or finances, or whatever it is that's holding them back, dear God. Lord, would you set the captives free? And in the name of Jesus, I release the host of heaven to go to work to undo the bonds that have held people captive. Right now, Lord, would you set things in motion and set things in place, dear God, so that people can be set free and blind eyes can be opened, dear God, and those who are infirm would be strengthened, dear God, and those that do not have, that they would have what they need. And God, that you would meet the needs of the people who need to know you. Lord, expand our vision, dear God, so that we can see our purpose beyond just the mundane of getting through week to week. And Lord, we would understand that we have been called to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Lord, we're on an eternal journey. Lord, we're on a journey that will encompass eternity, dear God. It's not just about getting through today and tomorrow, dear God. But it's about undoing the ensnarement of the enemy and setting captives free forever. And God will give you the praise and the glory. But Lord, let it be, let it be, let it be. Lord, you have, we have offered our willingness to you, Lord. And now, God, I pray that you would add to it your anointing. God, that you would activate the gifts and talents and abilities inside this people. Lord, that you would use us for your glory, dear God. Lord, let souls come into the kingdom today. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So be it. Bless the Lord. Oh, come on, let's praise Him. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you for your love. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord keep you.